in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? All right, Ed. You were there yesterday. I was. Lady Rebels beat Utah State 82-69 in the Mountain West quarterfinals to advance to the semis. They play Air Force today at 5 p.m., two wins away from winning the conference tournament and clinching a spot in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I felt good about their chances very early when they had like six straight layups. Now they missed six of them. But, uh, uh, I mean, like, all right, it's... 8-2 to two, Utah State, and UNLV has gotten a layup every time down the court. I think they're winning the game, and then they won the game. <laughs> Getting layups is usually good. It's a good thing. It's Making them good also thing. good. Yeah, but. I mean, they need to make a few more, but it was pretty obvious early on uh, Utah State cannot stop them, and eventually they will start making shots, and they did, and they kind of ran away there in the second quarter, so good for them. We appear to be on a collision course for New Mexico, UNLV, yeah. the one and two seed in the conference. Uh, they split the regular season matchup. Uh, they're both into the semis. UNLV plays the five seed Air Force. Um, New Mexico is getting the six seed today, Colorado State. So it appears, though, we're getting a third matchup between the two best teams if they both take care of business today. And whoever which, wins goes, right? whoever doesn't, doesn't. Yep, and that would be, I mean, listen, if you're the Mountain West, you want your best possible teams going, right? Like you, if you're a sure. one bid league, you don't want the eight seed going on a no. run and winning the conference tournament because then you're getting a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament right. and you're out. You're one and done. If UNLV gets in, and New Mexico's pro, New Mexico is very similar to UNLV in most of the the like net rankings for women's basketball. If either one wins, they're probably around a 13 seed and not likely, but there's a yeah, possible you get a good matchup. Upset. You never know. Right. 13 versus a four. Maybe if the committee's nice or thinks the, that UNLV did well, maybe you could sneak up to a 12, but uh, UNLV New Mexico would be best case scenario for the Mountain West because then you're getting at least a decent seed in the NCAA tournament. Step back one-legged. What kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? Do you work on that shot? win <laughs> wins the best so <laughs> john gruden is suing the nfl oh god the nfl wants to have this pushed into arbitration and not actually be a lawsuit here john gruden's lawyers made another filing yesterday and they are now using brian flores's lawsuit against the nfl to somehow make John Gruden look better. According to the filings from John Gruden yesterday, the NFL's concerns about racism are quite foolish now after the torrent of revelations against the NFL and Roger Goodell have recently come to light. That is referring to Brian Flores accusing the NFL of having racist hiring yeah. practices. My question is, why does John Gruden think other people being racist makes him not racist? Yeah, what does one have to do with the other? Right. He's either he he made racist statements in the emails, 
So what does that have to do with this lawsuit? It has nothing to do with the lawsuit. No idea. He's basically just pointing the finger, saying I wasn't the only one. Okay. That doesn't okay. mean anything. You still, <laughs> you still have a lawsuit. Racist, homophobic emails. Yes. Right. That's still the problem here. He also said in his filing, the content of Gruden's emails is irrelevant as the litigation involves the defendant's conduct in selectively leaking documents and interfere, interfering with Gruden's contractual relationships. How are the emails irrelevant when the entire case is based on the emails? Right. They're, what John Gruden's lawyers are trying to argue here is that the NFL interfered with this contract and that that's why they can sue because, hey, the NFL wanted John Gruden out, so they interfered with his contract with the Raiders. I just can't get past the fact that he called the commissioner of the NFL a homophobic slur. Right. And I... I can't imagine any other industry where you would call the president, the CEO of a company that you work for, a homophobic slur, and then not expect and to not expect to get fired. Get fired. Yeah, <laughs> like I uh, even even if they selectively picked out John Gruden, even if there are seventeen other people that sent emails that said the same thing, and they picked out John Gruden. Okay, you still said it. Like, at the end of the day, John Gruden still said these things that were a fireable offense. Technically, he didn't get fired. He resigned. But at the end of the day, he said all this stuff that was a fireable offense. So it seems like it's all superfluous whether or not he was selectively picked out or it doesn't matter that other people were right. Like, John Gruden said it. That's why he had to resign. He wrote it. It was sent. Whether it was leaked or not, it, it goes back to the same fact that you said he still said it. Yeah. So, okay, it was leaked. Okay, that happens. But it doesn't erase the fact that you said these things and you wrote these things. Right. I can't imagine it matters at all at the end of the day. No. Press box transition. Donovan Williams was named sixth man of the year by the media in the Mountain West. I have a complaint for you. The media messed this one up for sixth man of the year. Because Donovan Williams, first off, he started six of the 13 Mountain West games that he played in. In the games that he started, he averaged 17 points per game. In the games that he came off the bench, he averaged nine points per game. Donovan Williams won sixth man of the year because of what what he he did as a starter, not what he did coming off the bench. He was awesome for those first six games when he was starting for the team. Then he got hurt and he had some injuries and he has not started since he came back. He's only had two good games since he's come back, right? He's He's scored three points, five points, eight points a lot. He's only had two good games coming off the bench, and the media named him okay. sixth man of the year simply because he had a high points per game average. But all that happened because of the six games that he started. Anyone else in the Rebels you would have considered? For sixth man of the year? Yeah. No. No. I'm going to go with Donovan Williams because I couldn't tell you in the world who another sixth man of the year would be in that league. No idea. I'd have to do a lot of research. Somebody who actually came, came off, off the, the bench. bench and did well. Somebody who was actually a sixth man yes. this year, not the guy who started and was the number two <laughs> scorer as a starter for UNLV. Man, you know, that's a great question. Von Miller hinted at returning to the Broncos. He posted on Instagram asking for his old number back. He sent out a tweet yesterday talking about returning to the 5280. Um, is he one of the most successful, hey, go chase a ring yeah, for a year? Yeah, he chased a ring. And, win, and yeah. then he might come back yeah, to Denver? Absolutely. Pretty impressive. It's pretty pretty quality ring chasing there. If he um, goes back, does it make him even better? 
Yeah, I mean, he's still good. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Von Miller wasn't... It's not like he's a washed-up 40-year-old guy just trying to get a ring. Like, he's actually good. I'm fascinated to see what Denver does at quarterback, right? I guess, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is still out there as a possibility, but beyond Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, hypothetically, they land Jimmy Garoppolo. Does that close the gap enough on the quarterback spot with the Raiders to where the Broncos roster is now better than the Raiders? Jimmy G against Mariota? <laughs> what are you I mean. trading him away to? <laughs> Trying to get Matt blocked? Corral well, yeah. against Trying Matt Corral. Blocked? I mean, well, it'll no. be Mariota for the first matchup. And then by Matt the Corral. end of the season, it'll Corral will have taken over as the oh. starter. I just, I think the Broncos are pretty good other than the huge question. Right. They have the worst quarterback in the division. Right. And it's not close at the moment. But I think other places they're really right. good. There's a massive gap between Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater and Derek Carr, Derek Patrick Carr. Mahomes, right. Justin Herbert. Massive gap. If they close that, right, and obviously Aaron Rodgers throws them into the top of the, the division or contending for it, but if they close that with an average quarterback, if they get Jimmy Garoppolo, who, again, still the worst quarterback in the division. I still think they're close to the Raiders, and I don't think, they, I don't think they're close to the other two teams. I would agree, and I, w- I would think we, if they were, let's say they get Jimmy Garoppolo, I think you're now talking about the Chiefs and Chargers are competing for the number one spot in the AFC or in the AFC West. And the Raiders and Broncos are three and four, but both are good enough to be a wild card right, team. Right. So I think that's where the conversation goes. I still, I think I still might go Raiders still ahead of Broncos simply because Carr well, is Carr's better, better than, than Jimmy Garoppolo. G. Even if the rest of the roster is better for the Raiders, Carr's better than Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo. And I don't know if Garoppolo closes the gap to make up for the quarterback deficiency that the Broncos have. I'm out. The Patriots release Kyle Van Oy. Should the Raiders sign him? He's a former Patriot. Yep. Yes. Yes. They should. All right. He's been top 30 the last four years at his position by pro football focus. He apparently played um, both on the edge, on the line of scrimmage, and as a linebacker off the line of scrimmage. So there's some versatility there in what Kyle Van Oy could do for the Raiders defense, a defense that doesn't really have a ton of versatility. Um, I'll be interested to see. I mean, Obviously, they've signed a lot of coaches. That I was going to say, Patriots. they've already signed the coaches, so now they have to start signing Patriots right. players. I would not be surprised to see a handful of Patriots players signed, no. former Patriots players signed by the Raiders, and Kyle Van Oy would be one that would presumably actually be help good. quite a bit, help the defense right away. That's crafty wording right there. I give <laughs> you credit. The deadline to franchise tag players is today at 1 p.m. We've already had four. Kansas City's tagging Orlando Brown. Cincinnati's tagging their safety, Jesse Bates. And two tight ends got tagged this morning. David Njoku by the Browns and Mike Jacecki by Miami. The biggest question, though, does Devontae Adams get tagged by 1 o'clock today? I will say no, he does not. Because the Packers have an extension I think for they, him? I or think because they have an he's for him. moving on? Okay. I think they're going to have an extension for him. The key guy, I think, to watch today, and I guess they're trying to work a deal right now, is Chris Godwin. In Tampa Bay. Yeah. They have they could tag him and then, I guess, sign him to a deal after that. So, I'm curious to see. Uh, Godwin, I think, uh, Mike Williams in L.A. as well. They can He can get franchise tagged. You're basically looking at the top of the receiver market, potentially getting just lopped off. If Adams, Although they've announced that Allen Robinson will not be tagged. Yeah. So If, if Adams, Godwin, and Mike Williams all got tagged, then it's Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. Robinson sudden, then like it's the Allen Robinson. Receiver. It'd be Allen Robinson. Like Odell Beckham is now like top two or three. 
And if I, I don't think I'm forgetting anybody else, DJ Chark would all of a sudden be like right. the third best free agent wide receiver. If it's Allen Robinson, is it an easy call for the Raiders or do you go into the draft? How much does Allen Robinson want? The the interesting part on Robinson is he was really good for like his entire career with bad quarterbacks, and then this year he had zero production. He was not good at Did all. Did not this have year. any production. Like thirty catches with Justin Fields. But I still believe he's really good. Like I still think Allen Robinson can be a number one wide receiver. I would be willing to pay him now. Obviously, if you start talking like twenty four million, twenty five right. million, that's too much. But like, if you can get any sort of discount because he had a bad year on Allen Robinson. Yeah, I'm, I'm signing. Take him and move on from wide yeah, receiver. I'm, I, I think I'm interested in signing him on the Raiders. DJ Chart, because literally you get to go DJ Chart. Da, 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 Listen, da. I'm on board with that. You can play that every day on the show. <laughs> I I think DJ Chart's pretty good, too. Yeah. Like, I don't think that if they sign DJ Chart, if they decided, hey, we're not going to go top of the market at wide receiver, we're going to we, sign. We need some offensive linemen. Right. We're going to sign the next tier because it's going to save us six million or whatever. Uh, Chark would be fine. I, if they signed DJ Chark, you know, at the opening of free agency, I'd tell you, yeah, I think that's a pretty good signing. And I think Chark, Renfro, and Waller is a good trio for Derek Carr to be throwing the ball to. What do you think? Joe Lenardi has Wyoming as one of the last four teams in the NCAA tournament. Do you think UNLV they haven't played, they haven't knock played them out? many people? Can UNLV knock them out of the NCAA tournament? UNLV wins. Oh, I think they do. If they If they lose on Thursday... Yeah, they haven't. If you look at Wyoming's non-conference uh, schedule, tell me how many tell me how many teams they really beat. I mean, they they won a lot of games, but it wasn't a great non-conference schedule. They faded here in the end of the conference. I think UNLV knocks them out. Gives the committee reason enough. Gives I mean, them I don't reason know, enough. I think they're looking. Do you really think they want four Mountain West teams in? The the committee's sitting there saying, man. We need UNLV to win so we can knock this crappy Wyoming team. I'd love out to know who's in right now because they've already scrubbed. I'd love to know yeah. who's in. I'd love yeah. to know who's in right now and where that where they have them. They um, haven't seeded it, but I'd love to know if they're on the bubble or, or they're in. So Lenardi's bracket has Boise State and Colorado State as seven seeds, San Diego State as a ten seed, and then Wyoming is one of the last four teams in right now. Wyoming beats UNLV even if they lose to Boise State, they might still be in. Sure, um, they if lose they, to Boise. They beat UNLV and beat Boise, they're in. They're in. Um, is it going to be disappointing if the Mountain West only gets three teams in, though? If Wyoming well, doesn't I mean, make it? I don't know about disappointing. I think if you're around the league or cover the league, you'd like as many teams in there as possible. But I, I think, you know, look, I mean, they haven't played well down the stretch. And if they lose to UNLV, I don't know if they deserve to be in, to tell you the truth. Knock them out. Two losses to UNLV to knock them out of the NCAA We got to wait till later this week to make our predictions. I think okay. I know which way I'm going. Oh, boy. You already gave us last week. You said confidently they were winning. You were ready to go last week when they beat Wyoming. Oh, yeah. I said UNLV. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, I, yeah. Do it again. <laughs> All right. Coming up next. I thought he was only allowed to do leans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Stop leaning. Coming up next. The Golden Knights are back in action tonight. Should Evgeny Dodonov be in the... Yeah, Lenny was great. And, uh, you know, we need we need our, our goaltenders to be great uh, down the stretch here. I, I think when you look around the league, um, you know... If one goalie at one end is outplaying the goalie at the other end, or even, you've got a chance to win. And, and if he's not, you know, you're going to be in tough this time of year. So I thought their goaltender was excellent, and I thought Lenny went toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe with him and, and was great, and that's what he did. We're back to the press box with Graney and Bischoff.
The Golden Knights are on the road. They take on the Philadelphia Flyers at 4 o'clock today. You can listen over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Flyers suck. Uh, they are in last place in the Metro. They are 17, 28, and 10 on the season. Ooh, I love this one. Their goal differential is minus 53. They lead the league in one category and one category only. Best mascot. Oh. That is correct. I think they might have the worst goaltending, too. <laughs> Best mascot, worst goaltending. Is that leading or is that... Uh... <laughs> You're leading and sucking. Um <laughs> They're minus 53. What's the old Jerry Seinfeld joke? Second place, you're the best of all the losers. Yes. Uh, Golden Knights, by the way, plus 17 goal differential this year. So the Flyers suck, um, but the Golden Knights did just try to lose to the Ottawa Senators, who are also bad. But here's a question for you. Is Evgeny Dodonov bad? Is Daddy he bad? Ha- Daddy has been really bad. Uh, um, Daddy had a breakaway. Daddy did have a breakaway, and he probably missed. <laughs> Um. Yeah, five million a year. Um, they've had to keep switching him on the lines. Last the other night, he was down to the fourth line. I think he's been a complete disappointment for what they thought they were getting in this guy. And he he had last year. Maybe they should have seen something because of what he did with Ottawa. But he had those like he was a twenty game twenty goal scorer. Uh, was to say for the previous three seasons, we did our over unders, and I missed out the. Uh, Missed a boat on this one. We did our over-unders at the beginning of the year, and I think we put his number at 20. I went over. I thought he was going to kind of rebound, and he he has not done that yet. You don't think you can get 10 more in the last 25 not games the of the season? the way he's playing right now. Right. So, Evgeny Dodonov's career, NHL career anyways, he played three seasons in Florida where he was a great goal scorer. He had 28, 28, 25 goals over the course in three straight seasons, right? Then last year, he played one season in Ottawa. 55 games, 13 goals, 7 assists. Not very good production. He has now played 55 games this year for the Golden Knights. 10 goals, 12 assists. Basically the same level of production as he had last year in Ottawa. He's 32 years old as well. And that's the interesting part is because when they signed Evgeny Dodonov, the optimistic outlook was, well, this guy scored 20 goals three straight years in Florida. Yeah, he wasn't as good in Ottawa, but Ottawa sucks. He's going right. to be playing with good players here in Vegas. He's going to be better. He's going to be a productive goal scorer for the Golden Knights. And that has not materialized. He is, goal, goal production-wise, the same player that he was in Ottawa. But here's, all right, here's the fascinating part for me. Evgeny Dodonov this year, if you break it down per minute played, third most high danger chances on the Golden Knights, Evgeny Dodonov. Fourth most shots, Evgeny Dodonov, Golden Knights. Fourth highest expected goals, Evgeny Dodonov, Golden Knights. He is top five in shot and chance production on this team on a per minute basis. He cannot score, though. Whose fault is that? Nobody else scores when he's out there either. He hasn't produced what his numbers, what the analytics say he should should be producing. Now, there's two ways to take that information. Either one, Evgeny Dodonov is extremely unlucky, and this is going to correct itself, right? If Evgeny Dodonov continues to be top five on this team in high-danger chances and shots and, and expected goals... Evgeny Dodonov is going to start scoring, right? That that's going to turn around and he's going to start putting the puck in the back of the net. 
Or the other way to go with it is there is a flaw with Evgeny Dodonov that prevents him from scoring even when he's producing good chances. I'm going to go with the latter. He didn't do it last year in Ottawa. He has not done it for 55 games here in Vegas. We've talked about this. Usually we make fun of it, but we've talked about this with Keegan Colasar, right? Keegan Colasar actually is in some good situations quite a bit. Can't score. Doesn't score very much, right? William Carrier is kind of the same guy. William Carrier is actually pretty good for a third or fourth liner at creating chances, right? But he's not really good at scoring. He's not really a good finisher. He can get to a good spot, but doesn't really do much there. Evgeny Dodonov, that's that's what he's been this season for the Golden Knights. I'm going to lean towards he's going to get better. Okay. I don't know that he's going to get, you know. Can he get better on the fourth line? That is a bit of a problem, too. Well, okay, there's two ways to go with the fourth line as well. A, you're now playing with worse players, right? So it's going to be harder to create chances. But B, right. generally speaking, your fourth line is now playing against the other team's fourth line. Right. So you're playing and against he, worse players. And if he's top five in all of those, then you'd figure he might translate to scoring because he's playing against worse players. You would think so. So I don't know exactly what to expect, but I do think there is some positive regression coming for Evgeny Dodonov. The other question on Dodonov, if he is this bad, right? If he does not have any positive regression, he's this bad. Do they consider trading him? Well, I think they're going to move somebody with all these uh, people they're signing and all these uh, defensemen they have. But I think there's a reason Riley Smith is the most likely to be traded because I think you'd get the most back for him, right? I don't know what you. I don't know what the market would get back on a uh, Donoff now. And I don't. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they just have to move salary, and he makes five million a year, and they're like, all right, we're going to move him and. We'll put him out there, and we'll see what we can get from him, and you know we'll move him on instead of a guy like Riley Smith, who yeah. I think also makes yeah. five million. Years, think, so it's yeah. the same money. So, and that's the interesting part is Dodonov is signed for this the rest of this season, obviously, and next year five million is his cap hit, same exact cap hit as Riley Smith right now. We've talked a lot about Riley Smith being an unrestricted free agent. They could possibly trade him, or they might lose him for nothing in the off season. If you're the Golden Knights, given what we've seen from Riley Smith versus what we've seen from Evgeny Dodonov. Well, you'd take less on the trade just to get rid of right. Dodonov. Wouldn't you almost be willing to say, hey, here's a third-round pick right. and Evgeny Dodonov. For, for what? Give us whatever. a fifth back. You give us a fifth back. We'll yeah. lose on the draft assets. Sure. But we're going to keep Riley Smith and re-sign Riley right. Smith. Because he's of what we've be seen from the Misfit line. Better, right. If you if it was as simple as choosing between those two, I would do that. If you told me, hey, I've just yes. got it I, I gotta move back from third to fifth round and get rid of Dodonov's contract, but I get to keep Riley Smith, I would. Now, that's oversimplification because there's fifty puzzle pieces that they can move around and do whatever with. So it's not simply Dodonov versus Smith. But if it were to come down to that, that's the decision that right. I would make. All right, coming up next, we know where Aaron Rodgers will play football. In 2022. Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. Ian Rappaport reports that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers have agreed to a four-year, $200 million contract. He will be the highest paid player in NFL history. That is an average of $50 million a year. Some good math for you. The guaranteed number on Aaron Rodgers is one hundred and fifty-three. million million dollars staggering numbers uh also according to ian rapaport rogers considered retirement and the broncos in ah. the end the packers got it done so aaron Rodgers is a packer um based on that guarantee number of 153 i'm assuming 
that's basically saying the next three years are fully guaranteed or something like that, which would basically imply Aaron Rodgers is it going to be a Packer for the next three seasons. In what was, I'm going to pat myself on the back, the most predictable outcome of the Aaron Rodgers saga was that he was going to stay in Green Bay. So will the Broncos get any closer to the Raiders with Jordan Love as their quarterback? <laughs> are they Probably. Gonna like, are they, I, Jordan probably, Love is better than Drew yes, Locke. Yeah, and Teddy Bridgewater. I have not seen Jordan Love play very much, but he is better than Drew Locke. So yes, they will still be in last, but they will get closer. What if you're the to, Broncos this morning? And you're like, this guy considered one team and he considered us. How depressing would that be if you knew that? And by the way, the Broncos are like, how did we know that? You never picked up the phone. <laughs> like we called you 50 times and you never picked up the damn phone. And this guy wanted to play with us. I have to imagine if you're the Broncos, you you kind of knew this was coming. Right? I yeah, again, they, they 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 wouldn't talk to you, so I assume they would, but now it comes out that you were the only team he considered, so you're a little unhappy at this point today. Why would Aaron Rodgers have considered Denver? Uh, I don't know. He just bought a house in Nashville. I don't, I don't even know I don't even know why he would consider Denver. I thought he was considering the Titans once he bought that house in Nashville. Jeez. Like I I don't understand the pull of the Broncos. Right, I don't get it. Like does he have some affinity for Denver or Colorado? Like, because okay, the the Broncos, if they had, the Broncos got Aaron Rodgers, they'd be a good team, right? They'd be a playoff. Yeah, contender. but you still have Mahomes and Herbert and those guys at the right. top of the division. You might finish third in the AFC West. Yes, you genuinely might finish third in the AFC West. And again, I like Colorado. I have family that lives there, but not enough to where it'd be like, oh yeah, I got to leave and go to Colorado right. and live there. Like, I I don't get why the Broncos would have been such a uh, would have been the high, the highest team on his list to leave if he was not playing for the Packers. They are for sale. They're going to own the team. And currently, John Elway and Peyton Manning, and I think Drew Brees is a part of this group, are trying to put together enough money. And they might be, they may have been like, all right, let's just give him the Derek Jeter, the Derek Jeter thing, where he says, oh, I'm going to put 100 million in, and then we pay him 100 million. <laughs> So Aaron Rodgers staying with Green Bay, $50 million a year. Uh, I think this makes it more likely. I don't know if they're going to tag him or not. I, I didn't think they're going to tag him that Devontae Adams goes nowhere. Oh, yeah. I, I, mean, there's I just think this now all but guarantees Devontae, Devontae Adams, Adams, Adams is, is going to be a Packer. I mean, it would be very funny if they signed Rodgers and then immediately let Devontae this Adams is, walk. This is why you need as many owners as possible yeah. because yeah. that way you can spread Thousands out the $150 million. Pull the money. Good thing we didn't buy in. Some guy's giving $10. Bucks. Good thing we didn't buy in, Jared. We'd be, I, we'd I be paying Aaron Rodgers. This would be worse than the, uh, the, the chickens. <laughs> right. <laughs> chickens have been brutal. So Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay. Now, they are going to have to make roster cuts. Uh, to get under the cap. What's actually funny is this contract actually takes Aaron Rodgers' cap hit down for this season. It pushes it back to the next four, or I think, but it, his cap hit actually goes down a little bit because of this extension. Um, Packers have been thirteen a 13-win 13 team every single year they've had Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. However, they have not actually won anything in the postseason. Are the Packers, should the yeah. Packers be the favorites in the NFC with Aaron Rodgers back? I think they should be. I think they should be. I'm curious to see. I, well, I guess it depends on who they're going to have to let go because right. of the cap. But I I think they're in a spot where it's not actually going to be too terrible. Now, they're not going to be able to add very much, right? The right. Packers are not going to be active in free agency no. signing a bunch of guys. 
But I do think they're going to, it'll be a couple of important players, but you're talking about missing out on two players. I think there's a good chance the Green Bay Packers win 13 games again. And again, the Green Bay Packers yeah. are the one seed the in one the, seed. the NFC. Uh, do they win in the playoffs? We'll see. Of course they do. They have Rich Bisacci as the special oh, teams Oh, that's coach. right. They're and no they, longer bad at special teams. Man, they would have won a Super Bowl if they had had Rich Bisacci. Oh, man. What if they win it next year? And he's like, well, looks at the Raiders. Well, what, what am I going to say to you? What do I say? I mean, uh, I told you, I told you, I'm the difference maker. That would be great. Oh, it'd be awesome. Rich and his Bisaccio. and his and his special teams like was the reason. That's right. They it'd have like great. a punt return for a yeah, touchdown. They block it. They block yeah. a field goal, and they, they're just awesome special oh, teams wise. How many kicks did Mason Crosby miss this year in Green Bay? He missed a bunch, right? I'm on it. Yeah, like he. I think he might have led the league in missed field goals because normally guys get caught now. when they miss like three. Mason Crosby next year, 41 of 41 on field goals. Well, they won't kick that many. 27 if, of 27 on field goals. What if uh, Basaccia... Um, Jesus, he was 25 of 34. Yeah, missed nine That is kicks. a lot. He missed what two if, extra points. Yeah. What if Basaccia convinces him to draft Matt Ariza oh, in the third round? Hey, you know, there's this guy. He keeps he keeps punting 80-yard punts. <laughs> Maybe we should look at this guy. We need to go get him. <laughs> All right, the other fun part of Aaron Rodgers staying with the Packers is poor Jordan Love who got oh, drafted whore. by the Packers and no chance is never going to play for the Packers. He has no. my dream job. I'm okay. Yes. We have talked about this. Athletes and coaches are different than us. Ed wants to be the what? 180th rank golfer in the world. Yes. So that well, he can, come on now. 180th. I mean, 100th would no. be fine. Okay. 100th rank golfer in the world. 100 would be fine. Jared wants to either be a lefty reliever or a backup quarterback. Yes. But uh, yeah. but the whole thing about the backup quarterback is you get paid for like 20 years and then like maybe you play three games and everybody's like, oh, I love this guy. But then afterwards, immediately you're the hot coaching candidate. That too. That helps. But then that then your life sucks. Then you're a coach. That's no fun. I mean, you get paid for 20 years as a backup quarterback. Retire. No, what you do is you either go the Kubiak method or where you have a heart attack and fall down on the field or <laughs> the Josh McCown method where basically you're the head coach, but they needed to hire Lovey because of some PR issues. Uh, I have to imagine Jordan Love is not like the three of us and Jordan Love wants to play football. Yes. And but why? <laughs> it's a violent game. It is. Um, if I'm Jordan Love, I think I I go ask for a trade. Is he? Is this the year they have to pick up the fifth year on him? He's next year, I think. Oh, is he next year? Maybe. I it might be. But hasn't he been around three? You're right. I think it might be this year. It is. Yeah, I think. Jordan I mean, Love I think they'll the, pick it up. Love was the same draft class. No, no. Love was the year after Farrell, Arnett. And, okay, so he's got one more. Or Farrell, uh, Abram, and Jacob. So yeah, he should have one. one more before he. I mean, has I to think pick they'll it pick it up just so they don't admit the mistake. <laughs> I don't know if they think it's a mistake, but they took the guy in the first round. Now they gave some guy two hundred million dollars. I mean, listen, I we brought this up like a month ago. The idea that this quarterback class in the draft is considered weak, and if you're a team that doesn't love any of the quarterbacks right. in the draft, would you consider trading for Jordan Love? And because the the logic there is that conceivably you can give up a third round pick, second round pick for Jordan Love right now, rather than use a first round pick on Matt, Matt Corral. Corral or whoever right. the quarterback would be. And if you don't love Corral or Ritter or Willis or Pickett or any of these guys that might go in the first round as a quarterback, but you're like, yeah, we kind of like Jordan Love more than that guy when he was coming out. Why wouldn't you use a third right. round pick or a second round pick to go trade for him rather than use a lot a of practice reps, pick, yes. right? rather than use a first round pick on a guy you don't already love? So there is 
there is some logic for a team to go trade for Jordan Love if they don't love the current group of quarterbacks right. that are coming out and they do think a little highly of Jordan Love. I don't think anybody thinks highly of Jordan Love, but at least they think he's better than Corral, Ritter, and Willis, whoever that is. So there is some logic there. I just, I'm curious to see what plays out there because the Packers have said they're not interested in trading him, but you've got to be interested in trading him, right? Like if, if I told you right now, you can get a third round pick back for Jordan Love. Don't you do that? Sure. Like, I yes, you're eating a loss because you drafted him the first sure. round, basically never played him, but you're also trading a backup quarterback for a third round pick yeah. that you are you have zero, zero interest, interest in playing. playing yeah. for four no seasons. No interest in playing. None. At least for three. So, what do you like? What would be the plan to keep him? He's going to sit behind Rodgers for three plus more seasons. Like, that's stupid. That sounds like the dumbest thing that could happen. And if I'm Jordan Love, I don't want to do that either. Like I'm walking in saying, "Oh, um, yeah, you need to move me. Can you guys trade me?" Right. Like, and and even if it's like, eh, "Well, okay, we can't find a team that wants to have you as a starter, but Cleveland's willing to bring you in." Okay, Baker sucks. I'll go to Cleveland. Right. Maybe I'll get a few starts right. and be able to actually prove I'm good. Like, if I'm like Jordan, literally anywhere that doesn't have an entrenched, awesome quarterback. He should be willing, like he should want to come to Vegas more than be in Green Bay, right? Simply because there's a chance Derek Carr is not on the team, right? And Derek Carr is not Derek Carr is not winning MVP like Aaron Rodgers. Right. He's not playing another down unless Aaron Rodgers has COVID toe again or something like that. But it's not happening. I'd walk in and ask for a trade. Is he good enough to ask for a trade? No. I mean, he can ask anybody. He might be good enough to ask for a trade given how bad the quarterbacks are in the draft. Yeah. He can't demand it, but he can ask. No, he can ask walk in it. and say, "Hey, guys." Fifty-eight percent completion percentage for four hundred and eleven yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions, three sacks. Um, QBR of thirty-one point four. I'm gonna guess he threw thirty-one passes last year. Sixty-two is what it Whoa. says. Attempted. Did he start two games? No, game started one. Games played six. Oh, he got in games. Did Rodgers get hurt last year? I think they they may have blown out some. Let me look at his game logs. Nah, don't worry about it. We're going to break. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Be listening in the 9 o'clock hour for when we give away Daughtry tickets. Well, we do have tickets to Daughtry coming up next hour. Are we teased? Go to break. Okay, no tease. Aaron Rodgers is exhausting. Pat McAfee tweets. Is he back with Shane Woodley? <laughs> Pat McAfee tweets. News of a four-year, $200 million deal is not accurate, according to my sources. Wouldn't his sources be Rodgers? Yes. That's the assumption here. God, mother. Uh, Pat McAfee also said, according to my sources, Aaron Rodgers will officially be returning to the Green Bay Packers. There is no deal in place currently, but there is said to be a cap-friendly deal on the way. Okay. I can't imagine Mc- McAfee's source is not Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, of course. He's on the show all the time. So why do we have Ian Rappaport, who breaks a lot of NFL news accurately, saying that it's a four-year, $200 million deal with $153 million guaranteed? That's a pretty specific detail. But Aaron Rodgers is conceivably telling Pat McAfee that's not true? Because it's the weird drama of Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. He just can't help himself in terms of being, you know, being the lead story everywhere. 
I really hope. I, mean, I really hope it's a. I hope he's holding out for more money. No, I uh, hope it's a. I hope it's a. Well, it's a three-year, hundred and fifty million dollar deal with a fourth-year option for fifty more right. million. But one hundred and fifty-three is guaranteed. <laughs> what I really want it to be is for him to go. Who the hell's Calvin Ridley? That's not me. <laughs> All right. Somebody, somebody give me Rappaport on the yeah. phone. <laughs> so Aaron Rodgers is exhausting, um, but McAfee still says he's going to be a Packer, even if the contract is not four years, $200 million. Right. Thanks for checking in. I'd still be willing to bet it's four years, $200 million. It's going to be 50 plus. It's going to be 50 plus. So No, I, yeah. I'm willing to bet Rappaport's right. But Ian yes, Rappaport yes. has reported the correct yes. contract details. Exactly. And there's probably some like minor hang up that it's like, well, the fourth year's a player option. He hasn't or, signed, he hasn't put pen to paper. Right. That's something dumb like that. But yeah, he's gonna be a Packer either way. Now, we don't know if we're gonna have baseball either way. That may or may not actually happen here. Um, did you see that the owners yesterday <laughs> what fell? Yeah, that's we need to, if there's a loud sound, we I need to I did not hear it in my headphones, though, <laughs> okay. so I don't good, know if good, our, good, I don't okay, know if our good. listeners heard it, but you dro- Ed dropped something. He what dropped his uh, earbuds. Oh, your earpods? AirPods. Okay. All right. I don't know if anybody heard that. They probably just heard you randomly laughing in the background. So well, I didn't have my mic on because I was cursing Aaron Rodgers, and I didn't want to have to dump myself. <laughs> happens. Uh, we spend more time on Aaron Rodgers not doing anything. Hey, he didn't sign a contract, or maybe he did. I have had Jared's dumb questions ready since <laughs> January. Well, we and this Aaron guy's Rogers. like, I'm breaking up with my girlfriend. Oh, no, maybe I'm not. That's more important. Um, did you see baseball owners threaten to cancel another week of games if there is not yes. a deal in place by today? Yeah. They've got to have a deal in place today or they're going to cancel more games. Um, Also, apparently, according to Evan Drellich, if they agree to a deal today, they'll find a way to play 162 games. Yeah. So what a shock. The games they canceled. What a shock that they're going to bring it back and and play the rest of the games. Aren't actually canceled. Yeah. Um, Here's the interesting part. Um, Of all the stuff that gets talked about, I still think this is the most important detail and it's the luxury tax here. Oh, I thought you were going to say the pitch clock. No, the pitch clock is just a (laughs) minor detail that we'll get to yell about if it actually gets put in place. But here's the the luxury tax, I think, is the ultimate, the the number one thing Mm -hmm. for the owners and players to agree on. And once that's agreed on, yes, there's some other monetary things, but that's going to be number one. The owners have apparently, according to John Heyman, offered to bump up the luxury tax to $228 million for next season. The owner's last offer was 220 for next season, and the player's last offer was 238. So 228 is almost in the middle of those two. It's a pretty good compromise. However, the owner's most recent proposal has the luxury tax rising from 228 to 238 in five years. So only a $10 million increase over the course of five seasons. The player's last offer started at 238 and by year five was 263. That's where your difference is. That's the bigger difference. That's they split the five the, years. They split the difference on year one, which year okay, one they should agree to it right fine. now. But the big difference is year five. The owners are now offering 238 when the players right. last wanted 263. And what appears to annoy the players is the owners are unwilling to let the luxury tax go up like with their rising revenues or with inflation or even just if you compare it to right. NFL or NBA or NHL As everything salary goes caps. up. 
Yes. All of those go up by a significant yes. percentage. We're talking about, what is that, like a 5% yeah. increase that the owners are offering over a five-year period. And the players are saying, hold on now. We got to get this up to like a 10, 15, 20% increase because that's. Yeah, because if it was only the first year, they would have already agreed to that and moved on. Right. So that to me is the biggest factor. If we get an agree, if we hear an agreement, they've agreed to the luxury tax for the next five years, then it's over quickly. Then I'll believe we've got a deal coming. Until then, 